Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. We hope you enjoy this message. If you are new to church, I want to say this one thing. Welcome and join a connect group. Because it's in the connect groups is when you're not preached to, but you get to engage with other people. And I've been getting some feedback from, uh, from our teams that uh, some of the connect groups have been a little bit spicy in their discussion over the last, um, last couple of weeks when we've been talking about faith and doubt and belief and unbelief. You see, it's, it's naive to think that everybody has got this faith journey thing all worked out. We actually don't believe that. It's very naive of us as church leaders and pastors to think that. In fact, our, our very vision is based on the premise that people haven't. We reach people on a journey to faith and we help build strong disciples. In simple terms, we want to embrace people where they're at and help them take their next faith step. Pastor Chris Hodges uh, did a pastor's gathering at Presence last week, in the room was about 140 pastors from all sorts of, you know, from all sizes, churches and experience, including Pastor Phil and all this sort of thing. And he looked around the room of 140 people and he said this, every single person in this room has another step to take on their faith journey. It's pretty gutsy to say that when Pastor Phil is sitting in the front row. But Pastor Phil was the first one to get to his feet and say, yes, Amen. Because we all have another journey to take on our faith journey. The title of my message today is, I Sort of Believe. I Sort of Believe. And I want to look at a story that is told in three of the different uh, Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke. John doesn't, but John kind of writes a little bit differently in the way he does his stuff. And it's a passage that can be very difficult to read. Because in the story, we find a a biological father who wakes up every day and is confronted by a very, very challenging situation. His life journey is probably not what he wanted it to be when he, he, you know, he sort of got married and had kids and thought he was going to have the white picket fence and the dog and the cat and the two goldfish. And his life journey was anything but that. And... uh, In this passage, it seems that he has got to the point where he wants to believe. He's desperate to want to believe, but he has doubts that he actually believes anymore. Theologian R.C. Sproul once said this, The issue of faith is not so much whether we believe in God, but whether in times of challenge that we can believe the God we said we believe in. Turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to Mark. Matthew, Mark, it's the second book in the New Testament. Mark chapter 9. And my prayer today is that God will use whatever he needs to for you to embrace this word. If you're normally a uh, Facebook or Instagram looker during my message, God bless you. There's different levels of heaven, just letting you know that. But I want to encourage you Turn it off. We can turn the Wi-Fi off, but turn it off. Because I believe that there is a message that God has put for people in the church today. 
I feel that the church of today has chosen to, to take the Bible and say that it's not relevant anymore. And I say that with humility. And when I say the church, I talk the big C, the church. I feel that we've put this aside because some of the stuff in here is very bitey. Some of the stuff in here when we we want to go through it is actually a little challenging to read. And I feel that the church of today has chosen to put aside the Bible as not being relevant to the culture and the way we choose to, to live. Yet I believe that the state of our culture and the way we live is because we've chosen to put this aside. Before we get to a father who sort of believes, let's get a little context. Jesus is returning from uh, what we call, it's commonly known as the Mount of Transfiguration. If you want to know about that message, go to our YouTube and listen to Pastor Tim's second message from last week. I've never heard a message like it before. I'm not even going to do it any justice. Suffice to say that Jesus is returning with three of his disciples coming down the mountain from Mount Transfiguration. And when they get to the bottom of the mountain, they've got sore legs because they got to the bottom of the mountain, and they find the other nine disciples having an argument with the religious leaders of the day. They're embroiled with these religious leaders of the day. We take it up in Mark chapter 9, verse 14. At the bottom of the mountain, they found a great crowd surrounding the other nine disciples. As some Jewish leaders argued with them, the crowd watched Jesus in awe as he came towards them and then ran to greet him. I have written in my Bible next to this passage, truth of Jesus overcomes all. As much as we might think that community and everybody wants to hear our opinions and our arguments on everything, the truth of Jesus will overcome all. Religious leaders and the disciples and the crowd around were having this argument because they got their opinions to do out there. When Jesus enters, they stood there in awe and they ran towards he was, where he was. We need to be a community that starts running towards Jesus, people. We've got to stop arguing the point all the time and actually stand in awe of what Jesus has done. Verse 16. What's all the argument about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son for you to heal. He can't talk because he is possessed by a demon. And whenever the demon is in control of him, it dashes him to the ground, makes him foam at the mouth, grind his teeth and become rigid. So I begged your disciples to cast out the demon, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to his disciples, Oh, what tiny faith you have. How much longer must I be with you until you believe? How much longer must I be patient with you? Bring the boy to me. Verse 20. So they brought the boy, but when he saw Jesus, the demon convulsed the child horribly, and he fell to the ground, withering and foaming at the mouth. Verse 21. How long has he been this way? Jesus asked the father. And the father replied, since he was very small, and the demon often makes him fall into the fire or into the water, trying to kill him. Oh, have mercy on us and do something if you can. 
is a father standing before Jesus. The crowd have come to him in awe and he says, do something if you can. How many times have we cried out in our life when we are on that journey of faith and we say, Jesus, do something if you can. This is what the father said. In Matthew's interpretation of this same passage, he helps the reader uh, understand the desperation of this father by pointing out that, that the father of this boy physically got on his knees on the dust and the dirt at the bottom of a mountain. He physically got on his knees and Matthew says he begged before Jesus, do something if you can. How many times are we prepared to get on our knees? Because it's the next step, isn't it? We can pray. God, help me today. Got some tough situations before me. Some things are not going real well. Got some health issues. I'm got some challenges at work. Amen. It's kind of next level. When you get on your knees and plead before God. Matthew's interpretation says this, this man pleaded with Jesus. He was anguished. As I thought about this, I visualised a father. We're going to celebrate Mother's Day next week. But I visualised a father who was so beaten down emotionally, probably physically. This young boy, if you look at the symptoms for those who sort of they will say that it's kind of like a, a young boy who is having seizure activity. For anyone who has witnessed seizure activity, uh, the, the, the person who's having a seizure has incredible strength. Incredible strength. I can just imagine this poor father many times has had to hold his boy while he's convulsing and foaming, trying to be strong but tears in his eyes. And I visualise this, this, this father physically beaten, emotionally beaten, mentally beaten, but in desperation, he conjures up just enough belief that's left inside of him to step out of the crowd, get on his knees before Jesus, and, and as he pleads, he says to Jesus, do something if you can. About two or three weeks ago, we had Fudge Jordan gave a magnificent uh, panel here of when he was uh, struck by a car and was, was left with no feeling down his left hand side and he talked about the fact of in his time of physical desperation he lent on God and he said his challenge is actually when he's apathetic and things are going well as if he gets about God this is a man, a father who is desperate for God to do something before I give you three points of this passage, I want to say that there are times when we need to get a little de desperate, people. In fact, in the Garden of Gethsemane, we read where Jesus went deep into the garden. And he, we, we, we read that he was actually anguished and desperate. And he cried out. He said, my soul is crushed 
with grief to the point of death. That's Jesus in a human form crying out to his father. He said, my disciples, please stay here and watch over me. Jesus didn't choose listless, catatonic disciples. He chose disciples who would have a bit of grunt. He chose disciples who would plead. In Psalm 62, we read, pour out your heart before me. Pour out your heart. In the Old Testament, we read where Joshua pleads the case of the Israelites and God responds with grace. We read that Hezekiah pleads for his own life. God extends his life. In the New Testament, we read where the the woman from, from Syria begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter, to which Jesus says, go, the demon has left your daughter. Sometimes we have to get a little bit cranky and plead a little bit and say, God, if you can. Because our faith may not be on the top of the mountain. We love living on top of the mountain because it's safe and we've got a good view. But it's in the valley when we keep walking is when we can sow the seeds. It's in the valley when Fudge was laying in a hospital bed that, they, that he said he started worshipping. He's lost his whole left side. He was a 23-year-old man. You will never use your left side again. He starts worshipping. And the nurses start asking the questions of when his wife Tanya comes in. They start asking the questions of what's this guy going on about? Oh, he's just praising Jesus. That doesn't happen in a hospital, people. Yet he's just praising Jesus. In 2010, whilst living overseas, I was asked to pop into the church office over there and chat with the pastors. They told me that there was a lady in the church who was in hospital with her newborn daughter. Her newborn daughter was about 10 weeks old and had been diagnosed with significant heart defects. The baby... Uh, only chance of long-term survival was to endure an eight-hour plane trip to Cape Town, to Christian Barnard Hospital there, where there was a specialised paediatric surgeon was going to come in and could do the case. It was only on a certain day. The family were expats, so they had no uh, medical cover for an ambulance trip flying. So on a commercial flight... um, I took some personal leave and we went on a commercial flight with young baby Carla. The trip was about eight hours from Doha to Johannesburg, Johannesburg to Cape Town. On that time, baby Carla's heart stopped twice. Yet each time she responded to treatment. It was a high-stress situation, but I had this overarching understanding of faith that God was in this. And as I remember, as I handed baby Carla over to the cardiologist in the the Christian Barnard Hospital, I slunk to my knees in in the, what you call a scrub room, and I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The surgery would last some 16 and a half hours. By this time, I was on a plane heading back to Doha. I didn't get much time for sightseeing. On arrival back at Doha Airport, I did as we all do, as I turned my phone back on, and I received a number of messages. But one 
that I quickly looked at was from the mother of this child. I didn't know the family. I, uh, it was a big church we were in. The, the, she was part of the, uh, the, the church, but I truly didn't know them. I looked at this message and it said the baby Carla died in the recovery room. I titled this message, I Sort of Believe. And I remember on the taxi ride home thinking to myself, how do I face the pastors? They put this baby girl in my care. The Tuesday before I'd taken off, we'd had a prayer meeting. Over 250 people came to the prayer meeting. And we prayed as a church for this young girl. We prayed for the family. They prayed for me. There was a lot of singing. There was a lot of joy. There was a lot of hallelujahs. A lot of raising hallelujahs. There was a lot of, yes, we will do this. God is good. Now I'm back on a taxi thinking to myself, how good are you, God? I remember standing at the front of the church as I went to see the pastors. And I said to my mentor, who was my pastor there, I said, I believe in God. You know that. I'm on leadership here in the church. I believe in God. But in this situation right now, my faith has been swallowed up by my doubt. Not because of anything that I had done, but because I couldn't see God at work in this situation. How can you? Everybody's journey is different. But I want to give us three points this morning that I adopted out of this experience and out of this passage. The first is this, be real. Be real. We have to be honest with where we're at. For the father in the story to ask Jesus, if you can, is being pretty real. And I love the response of Jesus who said, if I can. Can you just imagine that? This father who's on his knees pleading, says, do something if you can. Jesus turns around and says, if I can. And then he says this, anything is possible if you have faith. You see, faith is not something that we obtain without help. Faith is a gift from God. You don't go to the store and buy faith. We're not lazy and you don't turn around and go, hang on a second, I'm just going to go down and buy some faith at the corner store. Faith is a gift from God. You have to seek from God the faith. No matter how much faith we have, we never reach the point of being self-sufficient. Because if we were, then it's not faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of, not seen, things, the conviction of things not seen. If you know the outcome, if you see these things, that's not faith, people. On a personal level, I was absolutely shaken to the core of what had transpired. But I remember sitting with my mentor. I remember crying out just as this father, the biological father, had cried out. And I remember saying these words, this sucks. 
But I do believe that God is in this somewhere. Somewhere in this situation, I can't see it. My faith is, is, is clouded by this situation, but I know God is in control. Jesus didn't tolerate fake faith. Just ask the Pharisees. Can I tell you this? I promise you this. I would rather have a church full of people with faltering faith than fake faith. Second point is this. Take small steps. Take small steps. In my personal life, I couldn't see what was next. I couldn't see past my own pain in this situation and the pain I was feeling for the family. I hooked on a caboose that probably wasn't mine to carry, but I carried the grief of the family as well. And often in the midst of struggles, we completely are closed to what God is trying to do in our lives because we're looking inside at what we're trying to do for ourselves. We stop serving because it's too hard. We stop giving because it seems too painful. We stop going to church because, to be honest, we can't, we, we can't be bothered. And as a result, we lose connection. As a result of losing connection, we start losing our faith. We stop the fellowship with each other. When we do worship at the, at the front here, the worship is not designed just to make you feel good. It's a connection whereby we can worship our Heavenly Father. What I loved in this story is that when a man on his knees in the middle of a crowd said, do something if you can. That's the small step, the tiny step, maybe the only step left that he had. He had been to the disciples. Uh -uh. He had watched his boy from a small child suffer this same thing. Day after day after day, the small little thing that he could do in life, that small step was to say, Jesus, I plead with you, do something if you can. It was Jesus who said, if you have even the faith as big as a mustard seed, pray and watch me go to work. If financially you are stressed out, and you feel like you can only give something, then give something. I use, when I counsel with people, I use the mentality of priority, percentage, and progress. Give something for God to work with. If you're praying for a healing and you can't see the end result, take a small step and thank God for the next day. Pray for the next day. And then when you pray for that next day, thank God for that next day. And then pray again for that next day. And then thank God again for that next day. And then pray again. And then you look down the track and you say, God, the doctor told me that I only had two weeks, but I'm now two years down the track. Take a small step. Build your faith tank one small, small step at a time. Third one, I'll get the guys up is leap and trust. Leap and trust. Let me explain it like this. 
There's an animal known as the African impala, which is, it's similar to a deer. It's a beautiful animal that, believe it or not, this animal has the ability to spring on its feet and jump over 10 feet tall. And as it can jump 10 feet tall, it can actually go more than 30 feet in distance. Yet this same African impala animal in zoos sits behind fences that are three feet tall. It can jump 10 feet and it can go 30 feet in distance. You see, what they've worked out with the African impala is that it won't jump and go forward if it can't see where its feet are going to land. And sometimes that's the journey we have. If we can't see where our feet are going to land, we get stuck in where we are. Faith is leaping and trusting God. Even when we don't know where our feet are going to land. If I had been told by the, the pastor that, hey, can you take this trip it's going to be a great time. You're going to be under enormous stress. The baby's going to go into cardiac arrest twice on a plane. And sadly, her life will pass. Would I have done it? I think I would have been like the African Impala, just bounced where I was. You see, faith is about leaping and trusting of what is forward. Sometimes we have to jump the fence not knowing what is on the other side. You see, because on the other side of this fence to the story of baby Carla was God who was working on Carla's biological father. I had never met him. Yet six weeks after I got back, the pastors arranged for me to have a coffee with him, which I was looking forward to like a hole in the head. And as I sat with this guy on the other side who six weeks earlier had lost his child, he broke down. He had no faith. His marriage was over. His career was shot. His other two sons that he had were pains in the neck and he couldn't get control of them. They didn't like him as a father. He was a broken man. I remember verse 23 came to my mind. And it was just Jesus saying, if I can, anything is possible. And when you stare at those situations, I'm sitting across a table with him, both with a coffee there. I didn't drink a thing out of it. I'm thinking to myself, anything is possible. Anything is possible. God, I plead with you. Do something if you can. About three months after that, he started coming to church. He sat at the back, not with his wife. And about three weeks after he started coming to church, I'll remember it. He grabbed me as he walked up to the altar 
as he gave his life to Christ. Not only did this man give his life to Christ, he committed to his marriage. He committed to his boys who didn't want to see him. He committed to be better in his workplace. He committed to serving and he said to the, to the pastor of the church, put me on the car park team and he ran a car park team in the hot Doha sun for two years. And then he was given a connect group. His connect groups got so big that they split it three times. In 2014, this same man who sat across the coffee table from me where I pleaded, God, do something if you can. This same man was headed up three church plants in Sri Lanka. He now sits on eldership in the church we're in. And then in early 2015, if you got that slide there, guys, they gave birth to this new baby girl. Baby Carmen. Two years ago, I got to meet this young girl. There is always going to be pain inside from the loss of a child they had. But the pleading of a father who was on his knees and said, do something if you can. There is three church plants in Sri Lanka. There is a marriage that has been saved. There is a man who is on leadership of a church who is seeing others come to Christ. In God, anything is possible if you have faith. I'm going to ask you to stand where you are, just right where you are. There are times on our life journey when we will not fully understand and we will doubt our faith. In fact, the enemy will do everything he can to make us feel like we don't believe anymore. We are in a spiritual battle, people. Can I encourage, if you've got kids, don't go yet. I really want you to wait here. Don't go. If you're on service teams, I don't want you to go yet. Please wait. Because I believe God is speaking in this message right now. Because the enemy will do anything that they can to make us feel like we don't believe anymore. Situations will arise that we feel like we can't do it. Our faith will feel like that we can't leap because we can't see where our feet are going to land. I want to tell you that in God, anything is possible. Here's the best part of the story. Here's the best part of the story. When the same biological father said to Jesus, Can you do anything? Can you do anything? He then Jesus said to him, do you have faith? Do you have faith? Anything, just a small mustard seed of faith. And he said, I do have faith. Help me to have more. Instantly, Jesus rebuked the demon inside of the child and the boy was healed immediately. We have a God who loves us and cares for us. I want to say this morning, if you've come here this morning and your faith is, is really low, praise God. Amen. You've come to the right place. If you've come here this morning, and you may even use a title for how low your faith is, then you've come to the right place. 
because this is not a place of condemnation and judgment to say, oh, look at us, look how high our faith levels are. No, it's not. It's about putting an arm around you to say, we love you where you're at and we want to help you take the next step on your faith journey no matter where you're at. Thank you for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message has impacted you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us at c3hobart.org.au.